Hey, welcome to the, the Guthrie Bike Night podcast. Uh, I'm Justin Fortney, and I'm here with Josh McCulloch. Hi, Josh. Hey, Justin. We're talking at each other from different rooms. <laughs> different rooms within the same building. But we, we do have a visual. We do. We can see each other through a yeah. doorway. Yeah. We're super uh, super cognizant of, of the world around us right now. Trying to so, be. Yep. Yeah. This is the first Guthrie Bike Night podcast. So it's the best. It is. <laughs> All the others will be measured against this one. <laughs> so we're going to set the bar super high. Um, so, uh, Josh, since it is the Guthrie Bike Night podcast, let's start off by... Uh, all the hundreds of people who are listening who don't know what the heck Guthrie Bike Night is. Um, uh, what is Guthrie Bike Night? Oh, man. Giving me softball questions right off the bat. Yeah, go with like the metaphorically speaking first. Oh, and then, metaphorically speaking? Yeah, then go uh, into concrete details. <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, I, I would say it's a, just a serendipitous group of people that uh, mm. enjoy the community here in town and uh, when it's civically responsible, we like to ride bikes together. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's a group ride on uh, here in Guthrie that rolls out from Hoboken Coffee Roasters uh, and just kind of samples a couple little 15 to 20 mile routes around town. Uh, and it's been uh, such a blessing. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> like the capital B... Hashtag blessed blessing yep. uh, for me. So I've met a lot of fun people, and um, it's good to just share the roads that we l- ride a lot with everybody else, you know. So uh, You're a, a southeast Logan County mm-hmm. person. I'm a, a central Logan County person. Uh, the, the folks who ride on those Thursday night rides, uh, quite a few Logan County folks, but a lot of regulars from other municipalities mm-hmm. and, and territories, mm-hmm. Edmond, Oklahoma City, and Norman, um, Thursday nights. And uh, uh, if you're ever interested in writing, listeners, um, this time of year, uh, after daylight savings time-ish, it's kind of gone to a 6.30 rollout mm-hmm. deal. During the uh, the summer months don't we usually do we do like seven o'clock isn't that right yeah i think yeah yeah we're just guessing at stuff right now yeah i mean details are fluid yes fluid you know check the social media deals and yeah and you'll you'll find what you need there really isn't a whole lot of organization no and you know you don't want to grip it too tightly no that's that's where you squeeze out the magic it's more of a philosophy than a group ride yeah um um if it, the philosophy, would you, would you agree, is this. Bikes will make your life better, whether you need to move your body, clear your mind. Uh, so if you're new to bikes, cycling, whatever, there's a lot of, you know, there's a subculture around it that sometimes is um, weird or, <laughs> uh, I don't know, obtuse to people. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I don't know if that's for me. This is not about that. We Correct. Don't, we definitely do not want to espouse that that type of cycling culture. Doesn't matter what kind of bike you have. Doesn't matter uh, what kind of body you have. Doesn't matter what kind of beliefs you have. Let's be humans together on bikes. Ride around on the dirt. Smell smell the good smells. That was a really good sound, but I'll go back and edit that to like <laughs> use for like our intro uh, deal. Got your bike night and whatever you just said. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Like the uh, the mix of people. Uh, is a super pleasant uh, little hodgepodge of folks who, right. some folks who could, if they wanted to, they could go out there and slam out 100 miles. Mm-hmm. Then you have people like me who, uh, 14 miles, and you're like, hey, I'm so glad this is over. Well, uh, none of that really matters, you know. I agree. It's, uh, we're all on a journey. We're all, you know, starting from a place. and Not that, it is, not that it's even a journey. It doesn't have to be linear. Yeah. Why can't we just enjoy nature on bikes? Yep. Yeah. And this was the third, uh, like the, the very first Guthrie Bike Night group ride mm-hmm. was like three years ago, 
or something like that ish. Is that three, right? Three one no, well actually two two years ago, like three seasons. This is the third mm. season. It's like trying to describe uh, like basketball seasons. <laughs> yeah, and like the the 2019-2020 uh, mean, season of Guthrie Bike Night. And with the way we train, we train year round <laughs> for Guthrie <laughs> Bike Night. So I mean, seasons yes. are. Uh huh. Yeah, so, mm. and by training, I mean um, beer drinking, mm-hmm. sitting around campfires, pontificating. Oh. Yeah. So. So, uh, in terms of uh, riding bicycles, I'll start. Like mm-hmm. my like bike riding existence uh, began as a wee lad, <laughs> um, but then uh, I took a long hiatus. As a grown-up, uh, when we moved to Guthrie, uh, whenever that was, I don't know, 16 years ago now, shortly after, I bought a bicycle from the local bike shop, which is Guthrie Bicycles. It's the name of the appropriately... Conveniently named. Yeah, nomenclatured yeah. Uh, bike shop here in Guthrie. So if you haven't stopped in there before, this, is a, this <laughs> podcast will be full of uh, tangents. This is the first tangent. <laughs> which is Guthrie um, Bicycles. If you haven't stepped inside Kent's bike shop, it's a little wonderland of uh, of a bygone era of bike shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a super fascinating character, and he has this brilliant little bike cave that he sells things out of. It's it's um, something. But I bought a bike from Kent once upon a time, and I started riding to work. Because uh, I was lucky enough to to score a job uh, here in Guthrie Town, and I've been riding to work uh, most days for the last uh, fifteen years or something. So um, uh, this is where you should insert this uh, round of applause sound effect. Oh wait, I've got that somewhere. Hold on, hold on. But th- to be able to say that really is an achievement. That's the wrong sound effect. <laughs> God dang it! There it is. Got it. <laughs> Okay, cool. Fifteen uh, years you've been riding your bike to work. Fifteen years. Ride my bike to work. So um, you uh, should get a patch or like a personalized mug of some type. Yeah. Yeah. So you, what's your bike story? Well, I feel like I I cut yours off with that. I don't think so. I felt good about the ending of it. I got, I got applause. Okay. <laughs> I gave myself applause. <laughs> I, so just to rewind before I talk about myself ad nauseum. Cool. Uh, the more I have enjoyed and kind of become curious about the the niche version of like subcultures of, of cycling and like, you know, you have all these different disciplines and all these different bikes and there's a little subculture around every different dif- discipline oh, yeah. of cycling and I'm pretty ignorant to most of those. Uh, other than mountain biking. And so the more I learn about one of those little rabbit holes, I'll I'll go into Kent's shop and I'll be like, oh, wow, he's got a poster of that <laughs> that thing. Or like, there's an old frame up there that I've seen 10 times and now I kind of know what it is and it's pretty legit. Uh, it's just like a peeling back of an onion, you know, like mm. his uh, bona fides in that, in that realm are... Uh, deep <laughs> he's existed through like every uh little phase of bike culture yeah. over the last 40 years yeah uh, he's a great dude yeah i agree um on some podcast at some point uh we should we should call him <laughs> <laughs> and just have him on the on the pod uh, via his work uh phone oh, so good. which is like a 20 year old cordless office phone it might have to uh. be for like patrons only because it, it would be like <laughs> extended content yeah <laughs> we have a three-hour call with right. Kent. <laughs> uh. do you have patrons like are you are you are you making like 20k a month from this thing already i think it's on it's in the works <laughs> <laughs> we're having some strategic planning <laughs> yeah and retreats oh good vision to, setting yeah <laughs> good oh man i think uh I've always, well, I don't want to say always, but I, I romanticized the idea of being able to ride my bike uh, oh, yeah. to work. And I really, really tried a couple of years ago um, to link up the, 
when I had an office downtown Oklahoma City, I would try to link up the Edmond CityLink bus, and then which is free, that goes from Edmond to downtown all the all the Embark stops, um, and it worked out pretty well for a little bit, um, but then you just commuting on Oklahoma City streets uh, in the morning and afternoon. I would be on MLK. And it was, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a little different. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I just realized, like, I am riding my bike, yes, and using public transit. And it's really fun. It's great. Uh, but I'm pretty stressed out by <laughs> No kidding. What is so, MLK north of a certain spot is Eastern? eastern? Yeah. And there's and a it's stretch. A, it's a bike route, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's like 18 lanes of traffic and yeah, it's or a, whatever. Yeah, it's a four-lane side road but like people because it's so wide people just let her rip you know and Mm. um putting on makeup and and getting to work and it just wasn't safe yeah unsafe yeah i only have about like a mile um commute (laughs) to the office at most um but even that which is it's a super tame you could get um, around on a segway man here in guthrie yep you need one of those one wheel boards not to like to move the conversation from bikes to like right. lithium powered <laughs> personal transport, but uh, anyway, yeah, you've got you've got the setup. The my my balance, uh, I've uh, been able to, uh, for the most part, in my old age, keep that uh, <laughs> uh, that skill intact with bicycles. Yeah, but other things like segways, and I kind of wonder if I'm just. Uh, I've passed that point in my life where I can master those other things. I don't know. It's like you know, young folks with their 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 pliable brains and they can right. learn foreign languages. My kids know. have been wanting to go to the skate park, and I'm like, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's do it. But I do not want to step on a skateboard on top of concrete and and try to do anything fun. No, not at my age. Nope. I would you consider know? it the uh, w- the last week of the year when I've met my uh, <laughs> out-of-pocket <laughs> maximum and my deductible uh, for health insurance. Yeah, see, uh, we as Americans have to think about that kind of thing. Like yeah. When can we do fun things based off of our um, our capitalistic <laughs> yep. health, health programs? <laughs> I had the exact, like, um, how, maybe like a month ago, uh, I wrecked my bike. Yeah. And, like, like, almost, like, during the the process of wrecking it, I had the thought of, right. uh, have I or haven't I met my deductible? <laughs> and then as soon as like my brain remembered that it was, you know, the it was the, you know beginning of December, yeah. and I have met my deductible, I was like, oh, this is this is this is okay. This is kind of adventurous. Man, I'm reading this book right now, uh, just to to that thought process because I have that exact same thought process every time <laughs> I ride my bike on a mountain bike trail, and mm. you know. Um, <laughs> it's just like, is this really smart? <laughs> what I'm doing? <laughs> they uh, should they should have like insurance signups like for uh, healthcare.gov at, at the like trailheads. There you go. Um, yeah, that's a great idea actually. Um, this book I'm reading is called How to Be a Family. This uh, journalist uh, basically 2016 took their family and they just lived in three places. New Zealand was the first place they lived. Um, it's just kind of like a travel memoir, but in New Zealand, they have this, um, insurance policy essentially that's like just for accidents. Mm. So like it's a, you know, government funded, uh, healthcare plan. Um, but I forget what they call it, but it's like only for accidents. And, and basically just so like there's this peace of mind, it's like accidents happen, you know, whether it's. Uh, you broke your finger or you broke everything like it's covered huh. super interesting uh he's like just the change in in like uh your lifestyle based off of that one thing being different uh was pretty marked come from you know our system to that system hmm. i read an article not too long ago about um the decline of like fraternal organizations Mm. Like the the Masons and the uh, the whatever whatever Order of Oddfellows, International Order of Oddfellows. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, and <laughs> I know nothing about that. 
There's there's actually an old building here in Guthrie. It's the old international, the IOOF. I think I got that right. Um, yeah. Where they they used to be the Odd Fellows building in Guthrie, and he still has the sign on the front of it. Uh-huh. It's where uh, it's nowadays. It's Willoughby's. Oh. And if my you, dad loves Willoughby's. I it, the upstairs still is the uh, like it's not used for anything other than some storage now, but it's still laid out like the old Odd Fellows uh, hall. And so you have like the big hall where they met in the back and in the front area is where I think like, the women and children hung out. I don't know. I'm just picturing and, like some Tim Burton film type of setting. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and so like the, the visitors, Oh, wives. And I'm probably getting this wrong. So all you odd fellows that are listening, please uh, call in and correct wow. me. But um, so you had the, the snack bar in front. We're in the visitor area and for the women and children. That was in the front. and That's where I want to be. Yep. All the, like, there's like two or three doors that lead to the, the hall where they have their meetings. And those still have the, like, the little peephole thing where you had to like, say the password to get in there. So they, they would open the, the little thing, see who you are, like, what's the password? And New England clam chowder. Exactly. Um, oh, where was, uh, oh, decline of fraternal organizations. Yes. And one of the rationale was that in the a like one of the, the main purposes once upon a time of what or the one of the main benefits uh, mm. back in of like belonging the, yes of the like, in like the whenever the 1920s I'm making that up but um, there was a, a real sense of uh, insurance like if something happened to you and you couldn't afford to like pay like your medical bills your mm. uh, your fraternal organization would just help you out. And so um, it was kind of like a safety net for uh, for this huge population of people who belong to different clubs or whatever you want to call them. Um, maybe like maybe cycling culture needs to have their own uh, little uh, fraternal s- or m- whatever the gender inclusive word would be. Uh, uh, safety, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know some or some sense of a safety net where everybody can kind of like you know here's uh, a pot of money that we all contribute to. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so broke their, uh, you know, femur yeah. yesterday. I do see that yeah. happening actually. Really? Yeah. On, um, social media mm. quite a bit. I, um, have connected with just through the algorithm, you know, of like-minded people, uh, and seen like folks who have crashed their bike and broken their face and like, the cycling community and other communities that they're a part of have GoFundMe a lot of their stuff, and it just gets passed around. Bailey Newbury um, posted a, a tragic story of a, a guy he knows that was shot, and you know, he's like, "We need to help him out. Let's support him." And mm. Bailey's an upstanding guy in the in the cycling world and respected by a lot of people, so it kind of made its way around. And um, I so. Obviously, those are small sample size, but like, you know, the idea that that a a group of people can can be connected by what we do, uh, and also by general humanity and care for each other. Like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. How do we start talking about insurance, though? That's my. F- I'm going to own that. When people came here to listen about bikes <laughs> and like dirt roads, yeah. and it was a matter of four minutes, and I already took it uh, to healthcare. I'm so sorry. That was uh, the upstream with in, in the plot somewhere, and I've lost that. <laughs> it was a choose your own adventure moment. Uh, where did you read those as a kid? Choose your own adventure. Oh books? yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't remember being so hot on them because I just thought, so do I have to read all of this, or yeah. like can I just read the shortest one and move on mm-hmm. exactly um i was not an intellectual as a kid <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. um uh, but i think like the whether it's like group rides or just bicycling at um at large it does offer a sense of that um and at me as someone who's not uh like a hundred percent committed to like bike culture all the time Mm-hmm. Like I, I love the the idea and the the practice of getting together and riding bikes with people, mm-hmm. and it, like bike, uh, like riding bikes with others, it it really does offer, um, 
I don't know, it seems to, to fill that need of, you know, camaraderie with a lot of folks who may not find that in like other aspects of their life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it can take the shape of, of a, just a good solid hobby, you know, mm-hmm. like I am a compulsive hobbyist. I love hobbies. <laughs> I, I like learning new things on the internet and like, I think I can do that, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there's a podcast somewhere of two guys talking about model trains right now, like, cause that's their hobby and that's what they live and breathe. So like, you know, uh, those, those little subcultures are, are pretty deep. Um, especially when you start talking about the cycling world and, um, all these different places that conversations happen on the internet. Uh, it's pretty fun to have a, just kind of see a conversation uh, about what cycling culture even is because what we're understanding or what I'm understanding now and learning is that um, there's a lot of kind of perceived definitions of what cycling is that aren't inclusive and aren't supportive of different mm-hmm. types of people. And so, um, yeah, it's a good time to kind of think, well, what is it? Let's make it what it should be. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of different things to a lot of people. But I, I like your your emphasis on like the practice of riding bikes with others on a regular basis. Yeah. Like that's a that's a healthy practice. Even it's funny how like every once in a while uh I'll be riding like to work or from work home and I'll cross paths with someone else who's on a bicycle <laughs> and it's this just ridiculous sense of like, hey, hey, you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a kinship. Yeah. Well, and we know like riding bikes and experiencing, you know, what we experience on a bike, it feels like flying. Like you're already producing all kinds of, you know, Mm. endorphins and uh, good things for your body just by moving your body. Um, Yeah, man. Cars are pretty lame when it comes to experiencing the world and getting around. Yes, but. I totally agree. And we've, like, I think, uh, I think I shared this in a group text or a Marco Polo, mm-hmm. whatever. About a month ago, I had like an entire day of just being like in a really like catastrophic headspace. Mm. And at some point after just like sitting on the couch for maybe like five or six hours, uh, I... For, you know, luckily had enough whatever to get myself off the couch and go for a bike ride. Yeah. And not to like, you know, minimize other forms of like uh, mental assistance, but for that, in that specific moment, like going for a bike ride just felt like a, like an absolute like miracle cure Yeah. for it. Just for that, in that one instance, change your headspace. Huh? Yeah. I, there were so many like chemicals flying around that made me feel like the the world was not uh, awful, <laughs> which <laughs> that, was super good for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, that's the elevator pitch for bikes. It really is, yeah. yeah. And for, it does, for me, yeah. yeah, and it doesn't. It absolutely does not have to be like thirty miles, right? Like just around the block, yeah, uh, uh, and anything in between is just, uh, like you know. the like you said, like getting on your bike every day. It's easy to not do that, but when you do, it's just like, yeah, I'm glad I did this. Yeah. So, you know, we're after uh, it's post uh, New Year's, and so uh, uh, most folks in this area of Oklahoma, and it, like a pretty uh, maybe around the country, have uh, Mid South on their brains. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of you can start kind of like actually like thinking that it's you know coming up now after the New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been, uh, you've kind of found yourself in, uh, in that sphere of doing some stuff with Mid-South. What have you been up to? Yeah. Um, so I have been just kind of helping out. <laughs> Let's cut that part out. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. Like, um, I was invited to come on staff at the Mid-South and help, uh, pull off the race this year um what i'm helping with specifically is 
some ideas that everybody involved has kind of in one way or another said like these are efforts that this event should be doing um such a big matzo ball to to break down but like essentially we're trying to um put together some resources and experiences into the event that will help a participant uh see a full and honest context of what Oklahoma is uh, historically and the resiliency of Native people in this state, in this area, um, and specifically about a uh, an understanding of land and land use and how, um, you know, there are different ideas about land use and, and uh, you know, Maybe we haven't gotten it correct. Mm. <laughs> um, Maybe so. So that's about as general as I can make it at right. this point. So um, practically what that looks like is we are um, involving Native athletes and artists and designers to help us understand um, a full and honest history of Oklahoma, which is not something, as you know, uh, that we have been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's journey is different. Everybody learns different things. Um, I'm only going to speak for myself, but uh, my the more I learn um, about, uh, you know, not just Oklahoma history, but history of westward expansion, um, the more I am, uh, I find it intolerable. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and. I guess I can, you know, I can't really do anything else other than say, these are the books I read. Um, be on your own journey. Uh, but I like the idea of the Guthrie Bite Night book club. <laughs> <laughs> An offshoot of this podcast. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so, yeah, to put it very generally, these things we're trying to do, we're going to build a course, you know, every every year there's a course map, a route that the that the race follows. Um, 50 and 100 mile um, lengths. But we're trying to look at the course and help riders understand where they're riding, the history of this area, um, the land use issues at play maybe, and highlight uh, Native Native people in the area that are, um, and what they're doing and how, you know, what their lived experience is. And so um, really just trying to, um, bring in a renewed level of kind of or a new level of representation and understanding and respect because as cyclists especially uh in this area you know like and anybody that knows bobby wentel the founder of mid-south <laughs> and sally too like they they have a a an affection for this place and these roads that is contagious right i'm sure that's part of the draw of the event is this guy loves this place so much and loves this writing. I am curious about it. And everybody that comes obviously experiences the same thing and they talk about it and it's, it's a uh, remarkable, you know, like, um, so we like to speak romantically about, um, the places we ride. It only makes sense that we should be fully informed mm-hmm. and really understand them, um, outside of just one perspective, um, understand them from, uh, the perspective of the people that, lived here <laughs> a long time mm-hmm. before we were and cared for these places and understood these places. Uh, Wendell Berry talks about in West Jackson, you know, a couple of guys that we like to read, um, talk about like generational knowledge about land and a place. And, you know, like farmers will say things like, well, winter, these trees normally do that. And this is when we can plant and because we've been here for, 40 years and we understand that. So, mm. and, and we think that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but looking at the cultures that were here and, and the way that they lived, uh, you know, in a system with the land is remarkable. It's really beautiful. Um, I think in one of the, one of the posts um, last week, on the Mid-South social stuff, 
it mentioned uh, like the different uh, indigenous nations that mm-hmm. you know had that history of being in this area, and that's one of the most fascinating things to me right now is like uh, I like the fact that like Mid South's relationship to uh, like indigenous cultures and this area. Like I like how it's being linked to like specific, uh, specific indigenous cultures, mm-hmm. not just indigenous culture, like in general, right. because that's a, that's an absurd notion that there is an like a general indigenous culture of the of you know North and South America. No, of course not. There's an endless number of histories and cultures, and yeah. so that's cool that it's like it's specific to this place, and. Uh, I think that's really cool, and I also think, like, yeah, kudos to like Bobby and Mid South and everybody involved in it. That it this wasn't just a name change. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have been going from Land Run to Mid South. Hey, we changed the name. We're cool, right? And I, yeah. I, I like that it was you know, cha- changing the name was just like a f- step one of a, sure. of a billion steps in terms of like uh, linking uh, you know, a bike race, right? to something much more like meaningful um, historically and culturally. Well, don't, nobody wants kudos. We're learning, like we should have known all this stuff already, Sure, sure. you know, and the things that we're doing um, are way late, you know, Mm. in terms of equity and um, just, (laughs) uh, yeah. So like, not that they're way late, but we are, we are trying to, show what we're learning by changing this event and, and making adaptations, you know? So like, yeah, the name change, um, does that really affect, uh, we don't need to go into that, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, essentially, yeah, these, these efforts, uh, we feel like are just one step and just a reflection of what we've learned. And so, we really want it to be like, want people to leave Stillwater and think, yeah, I kind of understand this place a little bit more now. And maybe go home and say, okay, well, where I like to ride and I like to feel connected to this place where I ride all the time, maybe I should understand the history of the native cultures in this area. Was this their ancestral area or this, is this treaty land that they were removed to and they had to start their culture, you know, in a completely different place that they don't have any ancestral connection to and see how they have thrived and persisted with, you know, this political force to give up more and more land every generation. It's like, um, I think it changes the way that you look at where you ride and it changes the experience you have when you ride. So, um, and I just keep coming back to it from a, and this is, it's just me, but like, um, from the environmental side, uh, I think we have a lot to learn, as, as you know, people and consumers, and uh, we we don't take good care of our earth uh, with our practices and our our habits, and so. Uh, especially in the outdoor industry, we talk a lot about public lands and management and all this, all these places we like to ride in national parks. And, um, and then you realize, okay, a lot of that land I'm able to ride there because it's, you know, Mm. it's not into the full, you know, the native people don't have sovereignty over that land there. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's a multi-layered prickly thing, you know, and every, Every step of the way, you're going to be challenged and like, okay, well, I thought this was, now I understand that there's a lot more information out there and different perspective on land, land use, conservation, um, and it and it all has ties in uh, racism and otherizing people, and um, I think, yeah, if you say generally indigenous culture, nobody knows what you're talking about, and it's just a big general term. Uh, but when you mention specific nations and what we're trying to do is draw attention and um, begin a conversation about these areas we're going to in the route. Um, so, 
yeah, connecting it with real people because uh, Native people are still here <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and thriving and have a beautiful <laughs> culture and uh, amazing art and music and film and like, uh, and just in the, the brief amount that I've been able to converse and meet with, um, with some Native artists, it's like, one thing that I think they find annoying is white white people like me who learn something and are outraged and like to talk about all the historical stuff, like, <laughs> which uh, is what I just talked about. Right. But like, uh, they're like, no, 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 okay, yeah, okay, learn what you need to learn, catch up, and now let's talk about uh, our culture and like yeah. who we are as people. And so that's what we want to bring to the table too. And we don't, we're not, my whole role is I don't really want to say anything. I want to facilitate um, the introduction to these people and to their lived experience and their ideas on cycling and endurance sports. Um, we're working with um, two folks I'm really excited to, to know and just like learn from, but Yataka Fields is a, is a um, Tulsa-based ultra trail runner, and he's also an Osage artist and does incredible mural work and has pretty deep roots in the cycling world. He was like a New York City messenger. He was an artist in New York City and like is, was really into fixies and track bikes for a long time. And, and I, I guess these past few years, I'm just learning about him and getting to know him. But like he's a pretty legit trail ultra runner. And uh, the trail running, ultra trail running. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I don't understand how the, like there's a special human, special type of human brain that that has an affinity for that. Yeah. Which is completely foreign to my human brain. Yeah. I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Uh, it looks so fun, but so painful. Yeah. (laughs) But I do have, I do have an, like kind of an addiction to watching YouTube videos of these trail ultras. There's some videos out there that I'm like, man, that's so intriguing. Anyway, what's the one there's a, there's a great documentary about, uh, the one in Tennessee, the, oh, the Barclay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Barclay, yeah. Yeah, the Barclay Marathons, yeah. uh, which is just riveting television. Yeah, it really was pretty great. I think there's a lot of crossover and like, um, or, you know, shared interest from endurance cycling and uh, the ultra world, the running world. And obviously Mid-South um, has an ultra on Friday that is uh, very well attended and competitive and awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, we're learning a lot from Yataka Fields, uh, learning a lot from Renee Hutchins, who's a, a Dene artist who lives in Fort Collins, um, but is also from Stillwater. Yataka was born in Stillwater too. Um, mm, cool. And she is a, a mountain biker and an artist. She's sponsored by Specialized and and does a lot of writing and advocacy about land use and uh, native life. And she's just very bright and willing to share (laughs) and teach me things and and guide me on reading. And um, so I'm just very thankful that they are willing to expend the energy to to handhold a little bit and say, mm-hmm. this is where we need to go. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the conversations are awesome. I'm learning mm-hmm. a lot. We're all learning a lot. And so um, there's going to be some fun kind of elements that will we'll facilitate some conversation maybe or just new information. That's that's all we're trying to do. And that's yeah. all, you know, when we find new information, we consider – our life and we think, hmm, I think that's a fun process to engage people in. <laughs> yeah, not to like overly romanticize cycling or gravel cycling, but I think it does have like a kind of a unique space in that in in terms of outdoor recreation, gravel cycling kind of places you in like an element where you I don't know. It just seems like you get to experience things in a different way, mm-hmm. even down to like conversations about stuff that like, like we're talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, and 
and different things about ecology and other stuff where like, uh, there've been quite a few times when I've been on a, like a certain road and I glance to the side and you can see on like certain Logan County roads, you can see where the, like, you know, that road has eroded down from a certain level mm-hmm. and you can see the, you know, the strata on the side of the road from however, like, you know, a hundred years. Yeah. And, uh, you get to like experience, uh, the place around you in a different way than you would, uh, if that, if, you know, riding a bike on a gravel road didn't exist. Yeah. And it's something that I think makes this area kind of unique uh, in that you can, you can hit those kind of spaces in a, in a relatively short amount of time, as opposed to, you know, living somewhere where you have to hop in a car for 45 minutes or an hour to, to get to some place and then experience it. It, um, it allows you to, I think, uh, to be a little more connected to the your place in the world. Yeah. I think. I think that's beautiful, and I agree. Going back to your question of, like, how I got into cycling or whatever, uh, when we moved um, from Oklahoma City to Logan County, uh, the southeast sector there, um, I had not been I, – I rode – mountain bikes a lot in college and then had a brief road cycling um spat uh the the guys that i rode with were wanting to be competitive and the mountain biking that was fun like you didn't have to like be a tippy top athlete to be Mm -hmm. competitive in the local mountain bike thing um but then we all started riding road bikes and then it's like they're riding a lot (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't i didn't hang so uh, I moved on to other hobbies and then like came back to it um, when we moved out here and it was totally because of Bobby and that crew. I, I saw, uh, it was Tyler Seams actually. Um, I was like, that looks so dumb. <laughs> Why would you ride that bike on, on a gravel? Why wouldn't you just ride a mountain bike? Mm. You know, it was like, it does not look like fun at all. So I had a, it's funny, like going from having a garage full of bikes to no bikes. I was like, I borrowed my dad's road bike and put some cross tires on it, like 35C tires. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is about. I was in no shape whatsoever. And, and I rode from my house two miles of pavement. And then I was like on Indian Meridian Road, which is now my favorite road, mm. <laughs> uh, you know, these years later. Um, and so it was a matter of like four miles and I had two flats because they just graded it. And it was like fist size, sharp shards of clay. And, uh, but I was so like amped Mm. after that four or five mile (laughs) ride. Just like, this is really fun. I actually jogged with the bike with two flat tires because I was just so, I was like buzzing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's beautiful out here. There are big trees, there are animals, fresh air, and these roads are super hilly. And I'd grown, like in Oklahoma City, uh, riding there, we had never ridden hills, like real hills. You could mm. ride out to Jones and some of that and maybe find some hills. But, like, I wasn't used to riding hills at all. And now my average elevation for a ride is, like, you know, kind of spicy. Mm. So, not, I mean, not, like, in an achievement way, but, like, you can't ride 20 miles around my house without doing some serious elevation uh, and so anyway, all that to say, like, um, I have connected with the place I live more on my bike than I have through any of my like, um, food and, you know, gardening or farming or any of that Wendell Berry, West Jackson, <laughs> uh, romanticism about land, which I have a special place in my heart for, as you know, but like, um, riding that road Indian Meridian and thinking, what does that even mean? And then, sure. And then getting into that, um, was, has led to more awareness and knowledge about the place other than anything else. So I had wanted to, uh, I'd seen people post pictures of the bridge, uh, on Hiawassee road. I think it goes over the Cimarron river. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd wanted to ride up there for a long time. And I finally did, uh, not too long ago. And, uh, it was one of those fun experiences where like you can see, 
because along the river there, there's some like some elevation change, and you can off in the distance you can see kind of the the bluff and hills kind of around that bridge, mm-hmm. and you can see it from a distance, and it's fun to approach it because you're like I can't really tell how far away I am, and it kind of has that like. Uh, um, uh, there's that scene from the Holy Grail where like the, the night is approaching and it's constantly, constantly yeah. approaching you. It kind of feels like the reverse of that where you're, you're almost there, almost there. Yeah. Nope, not really almost there. And then you, I got to it and just being able to, to ride up to that bridge and look at the, the river and the surrounding area. Uh, it is, there's like this odd sense of, uh, of accomplishment that you get from that and being able to, uh, I don't know, just, uh, yeah, you're, you're embracing the place that you live, but you also get to, especially in the gravel cycling stuff, uh, and with all the different social media kind of things that you, you get to participate in if you want to. Um, but seeing people's experiences documented mm-hmm. like that and then being able to, Oh, this is where so-and-so had posted a picture. Now I'm seeing it too. Yeah. Um, but I've lost track of my train of thought there. Oh, so that Hiawassee bridge, I remember I posted a picture from there and somebody else was like, oh, that's the old, they had a name for another name for it, which was like the Pleasant Valley School Bridge oh, yeah. or something like that. And I had no idea that was referred to as the um, the Pleasant, I'm getting that wrong, I think. Something like that, Pleasant Valley? You're talking about the Progress? No, that's no. a different one. But it, coming back from that ride, from the from that bridge on Hiawassee Road, I took a picture of like an old abandoned building. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't, I couldn't really tell what it had been. It looked like it might've been a church or like a, a shop or something. And somebody else commented on it saying that was the old Pleasant Valley school. Oh. And their, their mom had actually gone to school there as a, as a kid, you know, however many like decades and decades ago. So yeah, little connections like that, that you probably, cause there's zero reason to hop in a car <laughs> and drive out and there. drive out there unless you live there. Yeah. But like, or you're an Amazon delivery person. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you get to experience the world around you in a way that you wouldn't otherwise, man, I've been writing or like, I was going to ask you like where you've been writing. Uh, and then I thought I'm going to answer that question myself because you mentioned the Cimarron river. Yes. Uh, and I've been, when I have time to do kind of a, exploratory ride i've been trying to link up some stuff around there like that valley is so pretty and it's Mm. so like kind of like you said like the scale is different it's kind of like if you ride a lot in oklahoma and then you go down to the wichita's and you're you're riding your bike through those mountains and you're like how far away is that actually i'm not used to judging that (laughs) distance as an oklahoman (laughs) so the cimarron river valley is you know pretty big scale in, in, in terms of what we're used to writing. Um, and I just can't get enough of it. Like, yeah. uh, it's beautiful. Like, uh, the, just seeing topography, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in a ride really makes my heart feel good. It gives me all, all kinds of, uh, warm fuzzies to like be able to see the lay of the land. I like to do, long day rides, but I really, if I'm going to pick a time to ride, I want it to be in early morning at sunrise or through the sunset because in Oklahoma, I don't know. I just, I'm so used to, like I was raised here, the hot summers where the sun's like <laughs> at noon and everything is brown, uh-huh. you know, like that does not conjure romantic feelings for me. But when I'm on my bike and the sun is like scraping across and, the the trees and the hills and it's like golden and beautiful like this place is gorgeous you know yeah. especially if you're riding in a, like a river valley like that um that's pretty awesome yeah and so it's a matter of context really but like uh i was on a ride we rode from my kids were doing a thing at saint francis up by coil off the highway and so we were all up there and then I just put my bike in the van and then rode back, which it would have been like a 15-mile ride home. Um, right down through uh, through uh, Meridian and everything, one of my favorite roads. So I was just like taking pictures and looking at the light 
And I went eight miles the wrong direction <laughs> just because I was, I was so like just vibing on the, how pretty things mm. were. I was like, oh, this is a new road. I love this. And then uh, totally missed when I told my wife I'd be home and yeah, it was a whole deal. Yeah. It's like, I have no excuse. I was just looking at the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> there have been so many rides where I'll, uh, I'll get a message from, from my wife. Like, when are you, when are you going to be home? And the answer is always like, I have no idea. I am home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of going the wrong way, um, we'll have to do like an entire episode on the uh, inner county Ramble ride. Um, yeah. But uh, retrospective. Yeah. On that <laughs> on that ride, riding back from uh, uh, Keith Reed's place, as I am wont to do, I was in the like, the, the far back of that ride mm-hmm. to the point where I had basically like disappeared from the rest of the group <laughs> <laughs> and uh and there there was a wrong turn involved oh, and, no. and it was the kind of wrong turn where like i had my gps tell me what to do and i just like uh, i was oblivious to the in- instruction it's yelling at me yeah turn you know turn right turn right and my tired brain turned left because yeah. i was just dumb tired brain is bad yeah, yeah. My, my ability to follow instructions <laughs> just uh, devolved yeah um, oh man, I've, I've had those moments too. It's like, uh, what am I doing? Um, I'm just, I'm a 40 year old man out here making <laughs> wrong turns on a bicycle on these dirt roads. There have been a few times where I have like uh, uh, sent my wife like a, a screenshot of like Google Maps, like where I am. Like, this is where I am just in case, you know, something happens right now because I'm kind of like feeling a little bit dehydrated. And if I just pass out this you know here's a general location where you can retrieve my body summer riding here is not has no joke it's like you want to get out but that's why i I fell in love with leaving like 30 minutes before sunset in the summertime and then just riding through the entire sunset into the dark yeah and you come back and it's dark yep those like mid-afternoon summertime like rides Mm. are the worst the worst Yeah. yeah everything is your body falls apart and there's you know it's no good for anybody. Yeah. Um, hey, this was like a, a delightful first episode. I feel like it was way long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we should have like little uh, like markers, like descriptors. Like if you wanted to hear us talk about this, skip 30 minutes into this podcast. Oh, and, yeah, uh, that's a, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Although people would probably read the descriptions and be like, oh, I think I'm good. I just yeah. know that this podcast exists now. So I <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed it, man. It was great. I did too. Well done. I think we we equipped ourselves uh, well with uh, our podcasting. So uh, <laughs> tune in next time for another uh, episode of uh, the Guthrie Bike Night podcast. Here comes the theme music. Mm. Listen to that. You feeling it? I'm feeling it. I'm gonna need that. Yeah, I'll I'll drop box it to you. <laughs> <laughs>